Welcome once again to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. This is Pastor Ariel. We are on lesson number 11, and this is for day number 5. Welcome once again. As we continue, now we're halfway through the lesson, and we are looking at Paul's uh, defense before the Sanhedrin. Um, things have not gotten better for the Apostle Paul. The advice, like we said earlier in the week, um, for this week's lesson, was horrible. The leadership, I don't know what they must have been thinking as they saw how things went south so fast. Um, now this, this week's lesson, uh, today's lesson actually, uh, we're going to look at how Paul decides to react to the Sanhedrin, the religious uh, judicial authority of the, the Jewish nation. And he does something that, you know, you could inject uh, or project some of ourselves into why he did it. Um, and the lesson mentions that, you know, Paul saw that he could strategically divide this group um, between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And nothing has changed, really. Um, those words may be different, we don't use them, but the reality is, is that Sadducees and Pharisees simply are now replaced by liberals and conservatives. We've always had this this polarized uh, concept or groups within uh, our church, within our religious um, institution. And just a little side note, maybe, 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 um, if both parties, if both liberals and conservatives are upset at you, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you are onto something uh, if both liberals and conservatives are not happy with the direction of your life. And I'm just saying maybe, right? Uh, it was like that with Jesus. It was both Sadducees and Pharisees couldn't stand each other. But when it came to attacking Jesus, they came together for that. So we need to be cautious and beyond that, right? Are you a conservative? Are you a liberal? Are you comfortable with that? I mean, and I'm talking about Christianity. Are you a Christian liberal? Are you a Christian conservative? Maybe you and I should not feel comfortable with that, right? Um, if I were to talk to the, the Sadducees and said, do you think you're right? They would have said, of course. If I were to talk to the Pharisees and said, do you guys think I'm right? They probably would have said, of course. And it's the same response that I believe I would get if I were to ask conservatives. Do you think that Jesus would be happy with you being a conservative? Of course, Jesus is a conservative. And I would probably get the same exact response from the liberals. And the Bible continually tells us he wasn't. Actually, these groups polarize. These groups, Pharisees and Sadducees, imply there's a wall between them. And we just learned from a previous day that Jesus wants to tear down those walls. So if you ascribe to any one of these groups and you feel comfortable, I want to appeal to you, get uncomfortable and ask yourself, why am I here? What does it mean that I am here? And maybe I shouldn't be a liberal or a conservative Christian. Maybe I should ask God to give me wisdom to just be a Christian. So I wanted to make that first point. And the second one is what I was segueing into. Paul, I don't think, said what he said to try to divide the Pharisees and the Sadducees because the reality is, is they were already divided. All Paul highlighted was the crux of the issue. This is why I am here. And it's this belief of the resurrection, which to me is a, a mind-blowing <laughs> um, idea. 
Um, why else would you want to follow God if it's not because of something supernatural that he will give you as a gift and more so something that he explicitly promised you in the Bible? This, the Sadducees believed only in the first five books of the, of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the writings of Moses. They thought that they were, they were the only authoritative writings that they should pay attention to. And even in those books, the resurrection is clearly presented there. Um, we not, don't have time in this little podcast episode to do so. If you have more questions, contact me. I'll be happy to st- sit down and study with you. And the lessons do, do provide some other insights, other places where you can study that. And like I said in previous episodes, um, I forgot to mention this in the previous one. If you do not have this lesson, don't worry. Just go to ssnet.org or um, the iOS app or the Android app and you can get it for free right now. I begin studying the rest of the things that I don't have time to cover if you would like to have a hard copy like myself, you can approach me or some of the teachers at the, at the church at Oakwood or Monroe. Uh, or if you want to get your own copy, I told you in previous episodes, it's only like $10 a month, a year, sorry, $10 a year for a full year subscription and it gets sent to your home. If you go to AdventistBookCenter.com, AdventistBookCenter.com, and there you'll see different products and you can just look for the Sabbath School Quarterly and order it and is one of the best investments you can do for your spiritual life so the resurrection right why why would anyone not want to believe in the resurrection can you think of any reasons why i i I spent a little bit of time and, and i thought why was this so offensive that when paul mentions this boom this this division takes place between the pharisees and the sadducees and the sadducees just don't want to hear it why I, th- I can give you at least two thoughts. These are my two thoughts, and you can share your thoughts, your feedback, disagree. That's fine. But um, the, the, Fer- the, Ferris- the Sadducees, sorry, the Sadducees were extremely wealthy and extremely corrupt. They were the priests, actually. They, the, most of them were of the priestly group family. Um, they were in charge of the temple, and they had a monopoly over this. And for me they were extremely obsessed with wealth obsessed with worldly possessions obsessed with acquiring as much as possible down here for me that's why they didn't like the resurrection because if you don't believe in the resurrection then you are of this mindset get all you can get right now since this is the only life we're going to get you might as well try to get as much as possible and the second part is linked to this is that because there will be a resurrection, you will be held accountable. It doesn't matter how many judges you can bribe on planet Earth. There is a judge you cannot pay off. You cannot bribe. He is not corrupt. He is righteous and holy. That's the God of heaven. And the resurrection brings a level of accountability through judgment. And I believe that these probably were two main reasons, core reasons. And again, these are my thoughts as to why the resurrection was not appealing to the, the Sadducees. Which brings in a question for us right now. I'm, I don't consider myself a Sadducee. Hopefully you don't consider yourself a Sadducee or as we said earlier, leaning towards liberalism or conservatism. We want to stay in the middle as much as we possibly can and continually try to stay there. But uh, I am not a, a Sadducee and I do believe in the resurrection. Hopefully you do too. But how do I feel about accountability? Because that's the offensive part. The fact that someone will hold me will hold me accountable how do i feel like that as a christian how do i feel like that about um, 
a pastor holding me accountable? How do I feel that about the board of elders holding me accountable? How do I feel about deacons and deaconesses holding me accountable as a Christian, as a church member, and vice versa? How do I as a pastor feel about being accountable to the leadership in the conference and the leadership in the local church, accountable to my elders, to my deacons, to my, my church as a whole? How do I feel if, if I'm held accountable? How do you? That I think is a question that you do not need to be a Sadducee or a Pharisee to struggle with. The, the fact is, human pride resists accountability. It's by its very nature, does not want to be held accountable. So for you and me, though we may believe in the resurrection, and praise God if we do, today we need to ask God for a spirit that is comfortable with accountable, uh, accountability towards spiritual Christians, spiritual leadership. And what I mean accountability, I'm not talking about uh, severe criticism or uh, abuse or anything of that nature. Accountability for me is, as a pastor, I, I would not right now find it offensive if the elders would come or the deacons would come or any church member would come and say, Pastor, um, what, what gems has the Lord given you from His Word this week? Have you been spending time in the Word, Pastor? I would not find that offensive. Would you? Would you find it offensive if a church leader or the pastor would ask you those questions? I pray not. We need accountability. Accountability keeps us humble and, and growing in our faith and prevents us from becoming self-deceived.